and then it happens. It's just oh, it's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, very, very, very proud of a lot to look back on on it, um, and and obviously a ridiculous amount of celebrations. I think we drank for eight days straight afterwards. So. <laughs> Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast, the podcast that dives into the philosophies, ideas and practices of some of the best practitioners in high-performance sport. Eight weeks after a World Cup win with the Springboks, we have Andy Edwards who joins us for this episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast. So he's Head of Athletic Performance and has worked at Saracens for a number of years before moving to the Springboks. So we have a little chat, obviously, around what it's like to win a World Cup, the preparation that goes into that, what's the experience like when you get there. Then we had a little bit of a chat around the amazing story of the Springboks captain that made it back from an ACL within 16 weeks. So we can't go into... Well, Andy couldn't go into loads of detail, but he was able to give us a real insight into what that process was like. So if you're a rugby fan, this episode will be an absolute dream. If you're not a rugby fan, there's so much to learn regardless. So over to the episode with Andy. This episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast is sponsored by Rock Daisy. Rock Daisy's athlete management system provides a powerful competitive advantage to elite sports leagues around the world. If you're looking for a solution that enables you to centralize, analyze, and visualize your data, check out rockdaisy.com and sign up for a free trial. Also sponsoring this podcast is Vald. So I'm really proud to have Vald as a sponsor again. And after a recent visit to Vald HQ in Brisbane for their annual Vildcon event, it's incredible to see how far they've come as a company since I last visited uh, at the start of 2018. So from a very humble office, of less than 20 employees back then. It's amazing to see how far they've come. They now employ a global team of more than 200 that support clients across 100 countries, including many of the world's elite and professional sporting organizations. So an incredible uh, rise to where they are now. This is a huge testament to just the impact they're having across the industry with their innovation, but also continued commitment to support clients. So if you're a performance practitioner, you probably know all about VALD, but if not, I'd recommend that you check them out at valdperformance.com. So without further ado, over to the episode with Andy. Andy Edwards, welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me on, finally. It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while. We were chatting, I think I was stalking you five or six, seven years ago, but it's better late than never. A lot's happened since then for you personally and professionally. So just before we dive into the the stuff we're going to talk about, would you mind just giving us a a short bio on you? Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, So obviously Andy Edwards, um, currently the uh, head of athletic performance for the South African national team or as the Springboks as we're known. Um, this is my, I'm going into my 19th uh, season in coaching in professional sport or strength and conditioning coaching. Um, my my sort of build up to where I am right now, um, I started off at Saracens Rugby Club in, in North London. I, uh, I grew up around there, I was a local boy so um, Weirdly, I, I sort of stayed in one place for so long. Uh, I'd only moved out just outside of North London in, in, in St Albans, where, where, where we based our training ground after a while. But essentially, uh, 
coaching wise, I, I was four years working with the academy uh, system. Um, I know we might go into a little bit of that later, but essentially 13 to 21 year olds and there was a limited staff back then. So uh, assisting the senior guys out as and when, which was an, a nice thing, but I guess we'll go into that later. Um, then moved in into the, the senior environment for five years. Um, uh, which was a good move, natural transition. Um, alongside that, I actually did a, a consultancy role with the RFU. I was the lead uh, S&C for the England Saxons team, or you know the England A team, which um, hasn't actually been around since 2016. I believe they're bringing it back from what I, what I hear. But <clears throat> um, yeah, that that was a, a sort of a. A consultancy thing going on there. Saracens allowed me to do that, and then for the last six years, I was at Saracens as the uh, head S and C. Um, again, a natural transition within the club. Uh, so I sort of spent a total of fifteen years there, and then uh, for the last three and a half years, I've been uh, with the with the Springboks as the head of athletic performance. So, yeah. Uh, uh, a, a, a sort of sole coaching career within rugby uh, within two or well, three organisations um, I'm very fortunate to have you know been part of some really memorable things um, so in Saracens we, we well, whilst I was there we, we, we'd won five premiership titles three Champions Cup titles and then since I've been in South Africa we've uh, managed to win a, a the Lions series in 2021 and then the, the World Cup this year. So they're very fortunate to have had a bit of success with, with the teams I work with as well. Good work. So starting in with starting in the academy at Saracens was the was the plan always to progress into the seniors or were you set on being in a you know working with working with youth athletes? Um, I I think like when when you start out like. You, you, it's, it's head down and you're doing what you do and you're like I didn't know what I was doing really you know you, you, you're you just you're just soaking it all up and, and getting on with it the great the great thing about the um, great thing about the academy system then was or within most clubs there wasn't as many people uh, within the, the systems that there is now I mean when I left Saracens I think there was 11 within the sports science and, and S&C department uh, when I first started in uh, with Saracens when I was uh, the academy SNC guy. There was only three of us, including the two senior um, SNC coaches. There was a Kiwi and an, and an Aussie. There were my bosses, and then it was myself. There was no interns, so we were all just sort of mi- mixing in, and you were getting that crossover of um, sort of senior life and the, where they were travelling. And I think after a while, it, it just becomes that natural progression. Um, the, there's something to be said for the the, the the specialists that work within youth development. Um, I've, I'm a, because of where I started and because of the way Saracens probably ran their development system and how it was sort of the engine room of the club, um, through obviously through the RFU system, that was you know to benefit England to, to, to produce England players, but they must be first team players for your club and so on and so on. So I think yeah like I said it just probably becomes a natural progression um, unless you're going to really delve into that but most people get to a point where there's a senior opportunity a move that, that comes up and, that, and, that, and they take it um, so yeah for me I guess it was a natural thing but when I first started it wasn't always a okay I must get to senior it was just like I said head down and, and enjoy it and, and hope it goes well 
So you need a couple of hands to count the trophies of of what were won while you were there. What made it so? What made that club so special at the time? I was like, I'm speaking personally, but it was uh, there's all these sort of buzzwords that people have about Saracens over the years, uh, you know, family club, special place, all this sort of stuff, but. Um, it was just an unbelievable environment. Um, it, it, you know, we had really good, uh, at that stage, we'd had really good stability and, and um, there was people that I'd worked with when they were younger uh, that were now in, in, the, in a senior environment. I mean, when I first started uh, S&C, in the academy was the likes of Owen Farrell, Jamie George, George Cruz, Jackson Ray, Will Fraser, Alex Good, and Mara Otoji came into the system a couple of years after that. There was all these guys that we, you know, thought everyone had come up together, and there was pl- plenty of other coaches that had been in the system, and they'd also stayed, and and there was more stability because between I guess '05 to '09 there was a lot of different there was lots of change there was there was there was lots of head coaches and director rugby's um, that, that had been and gone by '09 Brendan Venter had come in the CEO was Edward Griffiths and Mark McCall was also there which obviously Mark's still there now as the director of rugby and and it just created this okay this is more than uh, a rugby club this is something else you know people growing up with each other's families are building you know everyone's going to to weddings and what have you I'm talking off the field but within it it's no matter what anyone says I I sort of lived and breathed it and watched what the guys did and watched what all the staff did Um, it was an unbelievably hard working environment Um, and there was there was real good high standards and and I think for a period of time and it still happens now but it was probably pushed a little bit earlier there was lots of enjoyment around all that uh, I think the classic tagline was sort of you know create memories and you probably remember all the trips coming up and we went to some great places and had some really good times which sometimes was was questionable to performance um, you know jumping on a, a plane to Abu Dhabi or New York or something like that and then coming back midweek and playing the game you know seven days later then in, in between that you've got travel and drinking and then maybe a tiny bit of training and some trips and all sorts but it, it somehow it just seemed to click and work um, great experience um, like I said all, all, all of that coming into the foundation of a, a lot of hard work from everyone um, and like I said it, it just seemed to click um, a lot of fond memories yeah who was driving those standards that was a it's big incredibly high big 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 spread of people um, and that was the great thing about the club you, you quickly got brought up to speed if you were new um, both players and staff um the training field stuff and the, you know the performance side of gym stuff the, the, the conditioning stuff it just sort of takes care of itself um we'd 
kept models the same for a while with subtle tweaks. Um, um, this is we used to say me and my boss Phil uh, Morrow. We, we used to say the same but different every year. We'd we'd meet at his house and we go through the plan for pre-season. How can we do the same but different? You know, and and it, and, and that, that's because it was something that was working. And why why have massive changes? But you can have subtle tweaks that just keep the same thing going, um, but put a spin on it, or you know maybe you take some risks out, or or, or a way we think we can improve performance or build up or whatever it's going to be so like we, we just had good like I said good stability which allowed things to just build and build and then it was the standards were driven across the board um, you know if I think about the staff side of things um, we, we let's speak about the SSC department because it's easy for me you'd bring uh, let's say we had an internship program. You'd bring people in, and once we knew we had what's once we believed we had the right people, you know, and they got used to the system, and, and they could start. We we could help them maybe find out who were they were as a coach and what they could maybe push. That that was that was them driving it in their own way, you know. That then they were getting stuck in with the academy system and doing the Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. That's driving a standard. You know, I sometimes used to go and watch when I could. You know, they're they're pushing a standard for the club. You've got director of rugby setting a standard, the coaching team, the the senior players, if you want to call them that, coming in and out of international environments. When a big group do leave to go to, let's say, an England camp, another group of players must step step up and drive a standard. So it was just churning, churning itself. You know, uh, snowball was rolling, and club was in a very good, healthy place. Sorry, mate. I keep muting it just in case there's there's stuff going on. Kids, kids. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. So uh, the tra- the transition between questions might be a little longer. That's fine. Um, so in, in terms of the, the the same but different, what was especially in your latter years when you were kind of heading things up there? What was the what was the same? What what were you so comfortable with in keeping that it only needed those kind of minor tweaks year on year? Um, you're saying same but different. I, I think when when you when you get more comfortable with, with a group and your annual plan, um, and you know the way you periodize and pull back, and when we're going to push, and, and and okay, how hard is hard enough, and all this sort of stuff, you're just much more comfortable because you've done it for a long time within the same league. It's 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 easy to to be first off right. When are we starting? So then, that, and that's a big one because when when are people going to get time off? When are they going to get the switch off? And when are we going to get you back in? You know, to switch on. So even things like that were, were, was um, a subtle change because rather than sort of saying, well, they said we we're not sure when we're going to go out or you know how long we're going to train for. When can I book my holidays? Just go with it and say, listen, we're going to start at this date. And everyone can make their plans. And if we lose in the semi-final, we win the final. We get not. It doesn't doesn't matter. We'll make a plan around that. But this is when we're starting, and this is when we will be back at work to, for for some optional stuff to be going on. Because let's be honest, once you go on holiday and you've done your family thing or, or, or girlfriend or, or whatever, you, you get bored. And if you're a professional athlete, you need to start doing something. So some everyone's going to be back at the right point. And and if we've said it's going to be at this date to get started. 
then we, we haven't lied to anyone. And it, when, we, when we've built, we, we believe as a performance department, we've still got enough time to get the squad ready for the start of the season. Um, and, and, and away we go. And, and then the, the, let's say, just, just, just talk pre-season itself, the, the model then, um, like I said, because you've done it, for a number of years you know you know what the start's going to be like you know when the champions cup tournaments is happening you know when the international players might be coming back if they do go away everything starts to pour into one and you just know you know okay these are the these are the areas we're going to push we can make a subtle change for example um rather than doing all the lower body body weights in the morning um and then doing a light skill session in the afternoon we might want to do speed and power work in the morning and then do the heavy work in the afternoon and it's we're doing the same work over the day but we might we might have just changed the order of play to to push a certain element of training that we might feel we would we, get better change out of uh, for, for this year so very subtle things but in general the model uh, we could keep the same because of our, our belief in it after doing it for, for such a long time as, as a stable group should have said a little bit ago probably 10 minutes ago but this probably leads into the a follow-up question after this but your philosophy how did that philosophy over the time obviously in the academy and developing things as a younger coach to then into a senior role and then a, a lead senior role how do your philosophy develop what did it end up what do you what do you kind of describe it as now yeah, it's a, it's a good one, isn't it? Because, um, it, like you say, it, of course it's going to sort of adapt and change. And I think I said at the start, like, I mean, you don't know what you're doing when you first start. You you are, you're relying on others to help and you're, well, I hope that's the case. You know, you've got to have a belief and, and, a, and I guess confidence in what you're going to do because you're going to deliver a program to somebody or a team or, or, or group. But, but let's face it, there's not too much knowledge to draw back on experience because you, you don't have any. Uh, so I think the great thing about um, the, the the academy role with me, like I said earlier, with not having too many staff around and being exposed to senior environments is you get, you have, I actually got a broad scope to do so many things and figure out with multiple groups of, of uh, people within different departments. So, you know, you've got the academy managers, the academy coaches, the, the academy physios, uh, obviously my bosses in the SNC department and then the senior groups and, and, and so on and so on and then the RFU. So you, you're constantly figuring out that philosophy and things that do become important. But like I said, for me, I could write a schedule and see if it worked, write a pre-season plan because we were separate at that time. The academy system was run differently. But then go and work with your senior team and well, what's going on there and how are they running it? What do we need versus them? And so I, I think... The, the younger days, you 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 you've got to be clawing it all together, and you maybe maybe trying to put something in a package for where you end up and what you start to sort of really hammer home on. Um, but I, I I guess the these days for philosophy, and you know, I'll I'll I don't know, I'll, I'll go across maybe coaching and people and staff and players and sort of you know mix, mix it all up, but um, naturally 
nuts and bolts of training S and C. Well, what do you, what do you believe in? But, all, but I, I believe there there's got to be foundations to everything. You, you can you can apply the foundation thing to you know your, your training element. You know we know to be powerful and quick, you must be strong. You therefore must have a foundation. Um, you 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 must have a foundation of understanding the tactical system for what's going to happen for rugby that's a, f- a foundation you know you must you must know that because you must know what's important for your for your sport um which falls into the philosophy thing you know there's got to be a there's got to be a deeper understanding of where you're going as a group um and and what the coaches you know need uh, to, to to win um is that that's a that's a foundation you've got to be you've got to be somewhat aligned um at, at, at different levels so alignment of your staff, alignment with your playing group, that's, if you think about it, that's laying a foundation to, to, to go forward, be it a, a session, uh, you know, uh, a, a year, a particular phase, that, that alignment is building your foundation of where to go forward. So very much a, a big big part of what I believe should, should be set up. If there's nothing to build on, you, you're going to struggle. That might sound obvious, but um, I, don't th- I don't think it is like that for everyone. It's just my beliefs. Um, I think the, um, the the understanding of what matters and your belief and then in my thought of a philosophy is your feel as well because the understanding will probably relate to some kind of a, a, de- a detail, uh, uh, some data, science and so on and so on which obviously comes back to maybe the nuts and bolts of what you know. But I believe there's got to be, in, in, in rugby at least, there, there's got to be a feel element of what, what's going on. Um, because sorry, you... sorry to interrupt, Andy. That's all right. No, I've done 460, 70-something of these. And no one's, most people might have described it as similar, but no one's described it like that, having having a feel. What do you, what do you mean by that? And give us a, like a, practical example where you may another person may demonstrate it and you may go i think he's got he gets that feel there they're like i know everyone would have had this practical example or they would have practical examples the feels okay so i i i'd say i'm a people person uh i'm I'm, i i can i can um take everything in i can analyze and 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 and, you know i'll I'll get stuck into what what, what's knowing important but i can't help (laughs) but go there and try and find out about you as a person i i just i just can't because it's just the way i tick um you know something you know i can get emotional sometimes i can get uh you know rowdy and worked up and fiery um just just the way i'm wound up so i can't help but go there and then that leads on to the feel thing so you start to feel a room is somewhere that isn't right but you are doing something because your plan has said you should but there is a gut burning thing inside going I, I can't hang my hat on this now because I just don't feel right or this person is coming to me and it just does not match up because my feel is telling me this that 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 then I, then I would probably take the feel route um, or I would I would go, try and gain an understanding of why my feel is telling me that to, to change the plan based off 
my data or whatever it is. Um, so that, 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 that's what I, that's what I kind of mean there. You know, don't 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 be stupid with a player's um, body because these are, you know the athletes are you know the the body is their business. And don't be silly with someone's potential career or session or whatever because you think you have you should based off a plan. If your feel is telling you something, then explore what that feel is. And, and then you'll probably get to the right thing. So that's, I, I hope that kind of explains it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that's something that's developed over time? Do you think you had that like innately from when you first started? Um, or, or, a, or a fragment of it and it's it's kind of manifested itself over yeah, 19 years? Maybe, maybe that was something within me. I think obviously it can be developed because you become more comfortable when you're more experienced. So you start to, you know, you, you know what, what else comes with feel uh, or helps the feel is, is of course, there's experience. Uh, I've, I've been here before. I've heard this kind of thing before. Okay, yeah, now, now, I'm, now I'm connecting the dots and I'm way more comfortable and, and I've also got this thing inside me going, geez, this doesn't feel right. Or it feels brilliant. You know, I I think I probably kept going negative there. It could be oh, this is this is great. I'm going to change that because this is I need to go here today. I need to go here this session. I need to. So uh, yeah, I think maybe something with, within me that I've just latched onto, and like I said, people person, I just have to go that way for me if if I can. If people are going to let me in, I'd rather go that way to to get the understanding of the person. There's so much now, and sorry, sorry, mate. But there's there's so many people now who are kind of moving towards the data side of things and been more reliant on it and maybe maybe that's why i'm not surprised but really pleased that you've talked about this this field side of things because it's i don't want to put it on a continuum but the other end of the or a spectrum but the other side of the spectrum to the kind of data-led data-driven side do you think that's i mean you'll see and be in touch with plenty of people and especially in the role that you do now do you think that's something that's potentially been lost a little bit as we move towards this data-driven, data-led way of doing things? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I don't, I don't like. There's never right or wrongs with these things. Um, so maybe it has, but is that a bad thing? No, is it? Or, or like, it depends how you look at it. it. Depends. You want a person, which way you want to drive your system and and, and or, or lead a team. So I, I I don't think there's necessarily like say a right or wrong. It's just more what you what you're comfortable doing. Um, I'm 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 still very you know data driven. I I I want to understand it. I want to know what's going on. I want to see it. I, um, but like I said, for me, I just have to have the other side too. And I think it, even a, a, another thing around uh, the could sort of fit into the philosophy thing around the feel and the data, which might be a nice way of packaging it as well. I don't think you'll, you'll ever go wrong if, and I think you can apply this to anything. What like So what's, what's been or what's happened, uh, what's, what's now or what's happening and what's to come? So what's going to happen? And if you think about those three sort of things, in a single session, in a day, in a week, in a month, you 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 actually you can't get caught out. And within those three things, you can think what's happened. Um, okay, he's done 
X amount of kilometers or X amount of high speed and he's had this much load in the gym, but he's up from a field point of view. He's also told me that, um, well, you know, he's, sleep, he's sleeping rough and he's got the young baby or, you know, and then what's, what's now? So now I, or what's, what's happening? You know, okay. He's got another session, but he's got training in the afternoon as well. And I've still got that feel thing of the, of the family thing because we know the person and, but the data suggests this because he, you see where I'm going with it. So, I think it can be nicely blended if you want to do it that way and 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 those three things if you if you're always going that way I don't think you'll ever be caught out well you you okay yeah they don't say ever but you'll be you'll 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 be hard to find yourself get caught out and I think within the field thing and it comes to staff and players now um is is show show empathy um Show empathy uh, and and learn how to be direct when you need to be. And ultimately, through that, I think you end up knowing what you know. And if they 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 if you brought them in as as a staff member or they're an existing staff member or a player or whatever it is, then there's probably some form of respect because of what you're both doing and and profession. And then off the empathy and the respect and all that sort of stuff, then you then you then you've got trust. Um, and then that's I mean, where can you go wrong? You know, it's, it's like a sort of a, a funny kind of a friendship with you building it on. So, yeah, that's, that's sort of my, my, my take on all that. So we're just going to take a very quick break in the chat with Andy. Hope you're enjoying part one. So over in part two, we continue with the theme of the World Cup. But we have a little chat around the story of getting the Springboks captain back from an ACL within 16 weeks, which is a fascinating story. So really interesting part two coming up. This episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast is sponsored by Team Builder. Team Builder is a software for performance coaches around the world. The powerhouse platform increases efficiency, saves paper, and can handle any type of programming. It's the perfect fit for professional and academy teams, performance institutes, schools, and universities. Team Builder is full of tools that help coaches' needs. Multiple max tracking methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting, just to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with Team Builder's in-house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with promo code SPORTSMITH to start your 30-day free trial. And now back to the episode with Andy. Right, let's take a little detour and let's go to the World Cup. So you come into your um, your current role as and the, the Springboks were world champions. And it, ironically, we had Allard Walters, who was the predecessor um, in that same position. And I think he'd left and gone to Leicester at that particular time when we spoke, but he'd done what you did four years previous. Was that a lot of pressure coming in as a SNC coach, head of athletic performance, knowing that you were coming to that kind of environment? I think it's not like, not pressure, it's just a, a fact that, okay, <laughs> a bloody good team. Uh, let's, let's hope they can stay that way. But the, so, listen, it's a, it's a different ball game. It's international versus club and all the rest of it. But I think, I think um, I was, like I said before, I was very fortunate as Harrison's to have been through a lot with them and had a lot of success at club level. 
and worked with a lot of international players from all over the world. So, like, you, you, you start to get just a bit more comfortable with all the things we sort of spoke about, you know, the demands of the game and the data side and where you are as a, as a person and your philosophy. And you just let's say, okay, I want, rather than it being pressure, like, I want to get, want to get stuck into the new role. It's exciting. It's, it's that, it's that sort of thing you, you, you get after. I, I felt when, when I had the call, um, I, uh, you know, it was such a hard thing to turn down. Like me and me and my family were. It was during COVID. There was all all the all the weirdness of COVID coming up. Um, my my, uh, my Mrs. Lorena was pregnant with our, our, our daughter, and we were going to have to move over to Cape Town. And I'm making it sound like a sob story because you know, cry, cry, you're moving to Cape Town. But there because it was COVID, there was there was a lot going on. So I think it was more just sort of excitement. And at that time. Okay, uh, are we ready as a family to do it and get stuck into it? And that that was more the way I was looking at it. In terms of the job, it was okay. The first the first thing after COVID and there was no international rugby for the Springboks that in 2020. Uh, the first thing was the British and Irish Lions series. So really, it's just man, this is going to be a hell of a challenge because by the time we get to the, our first game of that season, they wouldn't have played a game since the World Cup final. And it would have been, you know, 20 months before that. So it was more just excitement. Okay, how are we going to get after this weird and wonderful scenario? And where do you go as a head of athletic performance? You've got this World Cup winning team. What's your approach? Is it we carry on doing what we're doing? Because you've had incredible success. I suppose it goes back to the Saracens thing. Like keep maybe you keep things the same, but little tweaks. But how did you, how did you approach that at the Springboks? When when I was coming in, yeah, when you were coming in, yeah, 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 um, <clears throat> yeah. Like, what well, everyone searches for sustained success, right? It's like the dream, isn't it? How do you just keep winning and winning, and winning? And there's, there's, I doubt there's any winning formulas out there. Otherwise, someone's a millionaire or billionaire. But the the, the first thing was, I, I guess, I had to understand where the squad was. Uh, understand where and uh, what the coaches have been doing and where they want to take it. So from a squad point of view, um, that was right. I need to watch the Springbok games in detail. I don't. I don't just want to watch them on TV, maybe with a beer or something, you know. So getting to know just okay, this is how they played, and, and you've got a general gist, and you listen. Then I'm meeting the coaches, and you're getting an understanding of how they operate. And obviously, COVID, we were doing things online and. Some, some long meetings I think our record was like seven and a half hours or something as a coaching group just because there was so much to go through um, and uh, by the time we got into it we were way more comfortable with, with ourselves you know the long calls and the chats as, as groups was, was worth it because we started in May of 2021 and sort of we, there, there's okay this is what we're doing from my point of view what, what do we change what do we do like I said I've now watched, I've now understood the squad, I've now spoken to all the players that are playing all over the world. That's a unique thing the Springboks have. You know, they've, they've, they've got players playing in, in five different countries. This is South Africa, Japan, Ireland, France and the UK. A lot of conversations trying to get into their heads uh, what's important what did they do what do they might want to keep doing where are we going there's going to be uniqueness because it's all going to be new to everyone being in bubbles and all the rest of it um, so I, I think you, you can't just I, there's no way I just want to rip it all up because the coaches have a plan and, and, they, and, they, and they run a system but then it's got to be sort of me coming in to support 
for what I think we should do. So we, after spending so much time together and chatting, th- then then it kind of just naturally starts to, to happen. And okay, this is how long we're going to train for. It's these intensities. I understand the training week now, and so on and so on. Even though there were there were parts of that that were quite funny going into such a big series because we actually didn't we actually didn't get to run our normal test week until the very first Lions test because every time we tried to do it within our build-up camps or the test against Georgia or whatever, we got pulled back and we were back in our hotel rooms, you know, in isolation. Because of COVID. It was, it was, because it was of COVID. So it was mad, you know, that, that, that Sunday before the first test, we had people flying over from Joburg. Boys had been in their rooms for 14 days. We still hadn't done a full test week as a coaching group, even though we spoke about it so many times. And, and so there was... There was uh, there was some that was an interesting period. We we were figuring out uh, like we were we were aligned as a coaching group and we knew what we wanted to do. But there were some things we were still figuring out as as we went into such a big series because no one's ever done that before. No one's ever done the Lions thing in in a, in a bubble. We and it was our first gig together as a as a group of you know coaches. There was me plus another two new coaches. There was a couple of new players, and none of the players have been in that situation. So it was, it was. Listen, it was fascinating. But what did I need to change? Not a great deal. It's just more um, small things around around the existing plan and ways that what I think we needed to to get ready for test work. Can you give us any details of what the little tweaks did make? You can. That's fine. Um, yeah, like, like it's more. It's more around. Um, I think it's just more around volumes. We're looking at how I'm, how I understand data, and how I, what I believe is important, and how I'm sort of relaying that to coaches. So, um, what I would like to do, uh, one of the big things around conditioning is how can we, uh, how can we rugby condition as a team. So I know that sometimes you've got to go back to <clears throat> accountable linear conditioning or what have you, but I would ra- way rather take my time and, and volume of training and put it within rugby settings, be it that small-sided games, 15 on 15, but me control perhaps uh, conditions of those games. Uh, I love to be in, in the mix refereeing games and that, that's, I, I like to be on the field with the, with the coaches. So if we can do it that way, then I would rather it would be done that way. And I think as a sort of, you know, cohesion uh, as, as, a, as a team together, the more time we're spending doing that, you know, hopefully the the, the better we are off the other side when, when we get to a weekend or whatever. So that was maybe one of, one of the, uh, the, the bigger changes, um, ball in hand, tactical side, but sort of me with the conditioning elements within that, like I said, because it was my, my background. I think I go all the way back to when I first started. One of the main reasons for that maybe is because the two first bosses I had were an Australian and a Kiwi. And the Australian guy worked, worked from rugby league originally. And it was games, games, games with, with, with some bouts of running. I just, and I loved it. I, I, I ex player, you know, I, I could ref, I could sometimes get in. And that's me still now, you know. Um, not that I want to jump in as much anymore, you know, just get embarrassed. But, but I, that's, I'd love being on the field, whistle, you know, games, 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 rugby, 15 or 15, pushing intensities, going above ma- uh, matched demands um putting players in in uncomfortable environments that way is is my go-to yeah i suppose putting yourself 
in the mix, like you say, refereeing, been involved. That takes, I mean, this is maybe more from a football perspective. I know it's slightly different in rugby, but that takes a lot of trust from the people around you, the, the leadership team, the head coach, his assistants, etc., to have the conditioner so involved in those small-sided games rather than your piece being like they do that bit and then they come over to you and do the extras to to get the metric top of the metrics that you want to you feel necessary so that that's clearly something you've built there uh, in terms of that trust and um yeah to be in that situation uh well yeah yeah i mean and again if you link up all, all the calls and 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 then timing camps and and uh the great thing about um uh rassi and jack uh as dor and head coach like that they, they they you know listen we we brought you in we called you we wanted you to do the job you know sort of to certain elements you know you tell us you know I, so we we, we there was like we go back to the the philosophy thing you know we we respect each other we we had we had a lot of chats we we um you know obviously i respect them for what they were doing they must have respected me for what i was doing within saracens um listen go and do your thing you know you get, get on with it you know no fluff if this is what you want to do great you know understand the systems that's why I, I like spending a lot of time with the coaches like how deep can I go with them um, to, to get a clear understanding and you speak the same language and, and not not them speak the data language but if they've just got a clear understanding of where I'm coming from and then I've got to understand where they're coming from and then you're together with the players and, and you, you're giving good reasoning to the players and you're putting you know we, we it's not just games with a little bit of running data it's it's we, we, we put a lot more to it you know that there, there's competition within there's reasons why right why we have certain rules and so on and so on so the players have got a great understanding they can compete for and get after they they know where they're going as a group because the coaches put it so well to them and then I understand where the coaches are going uh, which is why like I said we, I'm a sort of an add-on to that coaching team from the conditioning side so like I said you know they just you know go you know if you you want to do something and and when we get more rugby time out of it as well almost brilliant you know and, and then uh, uh, then then if we don't always get what we need um, like I said sometimes there's always a place for the generic conditioning if you want to call it that you know tight forward you've got to do this outside backs you've got to do this back rows you've got to do this or just mass conditioning we're doing this because we are going to this place and this is the phase we're at right now and everyone's on board with the plan, you know, a couple of surprises here and there, but normally, you know, you, like I said earlier, you tell people direct, let them know what's going on. If they are, ask a question and if you've got the answer for them, give it to them, you know, don't, 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 you know, bullshit and lie to anyone. Oh, we might do this, we might do that. No, no we're going to do this. Just be ready for it. You know, it's your job. And then everyone's on board and just work, just work. Nice. Perfect. And, this the, the the elephant in the room here. You bloody won the World Cup, Andy. What was what was the hot like the final, the semi final, the build up, post? Like, give us an insight into what that's like. Um, listen. Um, obviously, very proud to have have been involved with with the team with the Springboks team. Um. And, and go on and win it and hopefully have played a decent enough part and getting them ready and, and all the rest of it so just uh, I think 
amazing feeling. Like, I mean, what more can you want? It's it's the World Cup. It's the bloody World Cup, and and, and you and you win it. And um, and I, I think the way in which the the matter what anyone thinks when you when you again when you're within the environment and you see the build up the squad and the injuries and, and everyone working towards it and of course every every country's doing the same but you know and you get to the knockout stages and you got France at home and you know they're on a roll and the crowd is going mad and you know you're beaten by a point and then it's short six day turnaround England and they've got a specific plan and you know English guy against England working for the box and all the rest of it um, so one point you know you just they, they find a way and then you, you you're on to the next thing and then into the World Cup final what a week to be involved in you know sitting down with the coaches the planning and then you're, you're, you're setting out what you'd like to do from a performance point of view and we're going to train for this long and that long and the coaches are just you're all just so in sync by then it's just yep 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 let's go let's go let's go players the same um, and and then All Blacks Springboks final I mean unbelievable history between those two and it was who's going to get the first of four and so can the Springboks go back to back and it's just and then it happens it's just oh it's unbelievable um, so yeah very 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 proud a lot to look back on on it um, and and obviously a ridiculous amount of celebrations I think we drank for eight days straight afterwards so <laughs> as well too right so so apart from having exceptional players what was the difference? Was there a difference? It clearly was. Um, what was the difference? Uh, okay. The physical you, prep beforehand. You say, you, you, yeah, 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 of course, of course yeah. <laughs> Listen, you, 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 you say apart from having exceptional players, but you can't not talk about the players. Uh, like, what a, what a, what a group. Um, and it just... Like they're the ridiculous. Um, they're, they're not. They're not even human and machine-like people. These 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 fellows. Um, so, like as you say, a very very experienced, professional, hard. You know, hard-working, tough group of people that just are just going to go for you, and go for each other, go go for South Africa. You know that you 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 would have seen probably all the videos of the trophy tour and the, and the, and everyone going mad this side when, when we were on the bus for four days. And that it, you know, inside them, that's that's the, it's for South Africa. You know, I'm I'm now the same. I'm I'm for South Africa. You know, I'm living here with my family. You know, got another baby on the way. We've grown up a young family here here in Cape Town. It's like you you become a part of that. Um, all kind of feeds into what we're saying you know what, what was the difference that there's this added difference I feel for the for playing for the spring box and knowing what's going on back home in South Africa and how that what they're going to do for each other but for the country and what else was the difference is like yeah yeah I mean uh, we had a, we had a very good prep we had a very good squad this year um, we we had we had more time uh, through certain agreements that got sorted out we 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 the way the coaches brought in players in and out since I'd started from 2021 but in particular 2022 um, and I'm going off script here but for me it's all part of it what was the difference like where where did we get it right if you think about the Wales series the um, you know there was a lot of complaints here because we'd won the first test against Wales in 2022 
made made 14 changes, lose the second test, and then make some changes in the third test, and then and then w win that one. But if you go back to the people that got exposed into that second test and got and caps got made, and then you fast forward to 2023, you know it's, this is the why. This is the difference. You've got a group of uh, coaches at the top uh, that are leading the program that are willing to do all this in in the build up. Um, and uh, it kept going, you know, into 2023. Who's going to come into the squad? By that time, um, it, you, 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 you've got, um, I can't remember, we had roughly about 40 players in the June camp. But how's that going to get whittled down to 33 when you've got such a, a strong, established group, experienced group? Um, and then you've got some of those guys that started the year in February and March conditioning camps when they, we had three weeks with them on, on our own before they went back to the franchises. So they've got so much in the build-up. Um, the way we could rotate in the six games before the World Cup to make sure no one's punch drunk come the World Cup, the way we could still rotate within the, the pool stage and, in the, and the way the planning worked out, you know, all, all of this comes into it for, for us. It wasn't, it wasn't just the last three weeks. Um, obviously, everyone talks about that knockout stages, but there was a huge amount put in, like every country's doing, but I'm going to talk from within because I, I lived and breathed it, you know, for us, it came, it came true and you stick to your guns and, um, uh, the coaches making bold calls to leave people out, um, and and they they end up coming back in, and it just there was there was some big big calls made based and but not based off you know one off things. It was over a full a full cycle um, that ended up making the difference. One thing that was um, a big thing for you was, and I, I don't want to, I know that you probably can't go into loads of detail, but that was one of the players coming back post ACL after four months, which is pretty wild. Yeah, no, that was um, uh, fascinating. Obviously, uh, everyone knows Sia Khaleesi um, needed an ACL recon. Um, he, he had it in, in the URC season. Um, before we even started our conditioning camps leading into the, the, the this year's rugby championship. Um, so... Uh, for, for me a, a fascinating case to be involved in and 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 uh a, another great guy and a truly committed guy and um the whole thing was the way the way it was managed right from the top um was was for me it was brilliant obviously see is our captain and um immediately he gets injured and has the op and I think the whole world, the whole rugby world, are writing him off, saying can't be done. World Cup's over. I think um, was it? Can't remember if I've got this right, but it might be Seba Reese. You know, I think he did his ACL and it was, it was written off. There was there was a couple of people, but from our point of view, um, obviously it starts with the surgeon, and then you get the sign off to start doing some work. And and Rassi Erasmus. Um, was brilliant with with the the squad and ours and Sia and said, "Listen, this guy is our captain. Sia is our captain. Until he can't do it, he's he's going to lead us." And that for me was brilliant because you have the guy at the top um, backing the captain and backing everyone that's going to work and backing him that he's going to be able to do it. And, and there's okay, let, let let's go. If there's a chance that we're going to take it because he is our our leader, one as the um, twenty nineteen World Cup, one as the uh, the Lions series, he's 
you know, he's our man for 2023. Um, so that was brilliant. And then, then you've got all the rehab side of itself, which, you know, details I won't necessarily go into, but the things that Sia did and his drive and commitment over the whole process and going in and out of environments, because you'll remember we're, we're in a training camp getting ready for a rugby championship. You've got a guy doing a full-time ACL rehab. It can't just be about Sia. It, it's about the Springboks winning and preparing and so on. So we were you know, up at 3, 4 a.m. He didn't mind. The, the, the day always starts, you know, early for the for the other guys. He's got to be back. He's got to be in meetings. He's he, he, he put it in. And, he, and, and, and a hell of a shift from him. You know, he was in and out with the, the Sharks. He, he didn't see his family much. Um, he came over uh, to, with the early group to New Zealand with us to do extra rehab. Um, he was just, just going strength to strength to strength. And he was believing, we were all believing. Um, but, it, you know, it wasn't perfect. There, were, there was a lot we were figuring out on the way. But uh, the, the, the best thing, and he won't mind me, mind me saying this, the best thing from from him that probably the, the, the most unique thing I'd seen was his drive and attitude to push no matter what he was doing that was new within the rehab stage or, or you know return to play stage and his belief was listen I need to and I want to um, play this whale, the Wales warm up game because the week after the New Zealand game and after that it's, it's World Cup I don't want to play my first game against New Zealand and it's no disrespect to Wales it just we just had a gap week before so there, were, there could be some prep before the Wales test and then and then it rolled on so that was the one and, and that was 16 weeks and one day post-op and uh, to be fair to the man, he, he went and did it and played 40 minutes and then started against the All Blacks six day. That was the other thing. The All Blacks game was a six day turnaround after that. And then we had our camp in the course of cover for the World Cup. And, and then there he was leading the, leading the team six months after up to winning the World Cup. So remarkable character and individual. Um, what, a, what an amazing story, really. And no side effects? Oh, listen, he he had his ups and downs like like any 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 person would going through a, an ACL recon um, return to play, but nothing that was nothing that was severe. And you know, he's, he's back at his new club in in Paris and played against uh, was it La Rochelle the other day. Um, so yeah, no, he's he's, he's fine. And, well, nice smile on his face in Paris. Why wouldn't you after winning the World Cup? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, mate, after six years of stalking you, it's been a pleasure to get you on and get a real insight into winning the World Cup, your experiences, and uh, kind of everything that's happened in between over the last nineteen years. But if anyone wants to get in touch with you, keep in touch. I know you're not a huge social media man, but anyone that wants to keep in touch with you, where's the best place? Uh, if, if yeah, I'm, I am on it. Um, so uh, my Twitter's Andy underscore Edwards. Um, it's the easy one, or I guess uh, professionally that everyone's got LinkedIn and they. So you know, you'll find me on there. Um, if, if someone wants to reach out, you know, I'm um, I'm an open book. A lot of people have been open with me over the years, and um, I believe that's the right way to be. So yeah, if anyone wants to. Say hello, reach out, ask a question. That's that's fine. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Have a great Christmas. Keep in touch, and um, look forward yeah. to look forward to speaking soon.
Yeah, no, thanks very much for getting me on. Yeah, sorry it's taken so Don't long, be but silly. Uh, appreciate it. You're yeah. all good. <laughs> thanks, mate. Speak soon. Thanks, Bye. mate. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to episode 477 of the Pacey Performance Podcast. Big thanks to Andy for giving up his time and giving us a real insight into what very few of us mere mortals will understand that's when you woke up so thanks to thanks to andy for giving us an insight there also big thanks to team builder rock daisy vald for sponsoring this episode today the podcast could not run its current form without these guys so i really do appreciate all their support big thanks to you for tuning in and look forward to chatting to you next time 